Return to the world of Jurassic Park after 12 years. More dinosaurs, more thrills, and an actual working theme park. Will this reboot in disguise create a new generation of fans, or will high-heeled controversies plague this new take on the franchise? It's Jurassic World! Welcome to Jurassic Pod, a podcast 65 million years in the making, in the fourth most popular Jurassic Park podcast on the internet. It's official as of as of now. Uh, in this show, we excavate, theorize, and decipher the evolution of Jurassic Park, their films, and their fandom. If you're just joining the show, welcome. If you've been binging, also thank you. If you've been binging 12 years later, thank you as well. We have two special guests today, Mike. I'm excited about this. Uh, some would say we are guests in their life outside of the recording. Yeah, some would say unwelcome guests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but, but they're, they're, they're keeping us around. Yeah. But now there are guests in this in this episode. That's right. So we're in, we're in charge. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's is, not what we signed up idea. for. This is a new idea. how this works. So uh, welcome Audrey Ferris and Shannon Wynn to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks Thank for being you so on. Much. Thanks for taking the time. That's the crowd. And, and just so we're, <laughs> just so, just so we're clear, so um, how, how did you guys um, hear about this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I happen to know someone who's very passionate about Jurassic Jurassic Park. So yeah, Shannon okay. shared and, and, yeah, 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 I, I told she about forwarded about it to it. me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Figured so she would was, be really into it. Yeah, it was a forwarded email. Yeah. Like, check this out. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Um, I want to start because we we typically anytime we have a guest on, um, we had two two guests in the first two movies. Last film we did by ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because it, just for expediency. Yeah. It, well, it was a quick film. We didn't want the podcast to be longer than the film. <laughs> yeah. So, so we made it quick. But uh, for all of our guests, we kind of like to talk about the origins of their Jurassic Park experience. Mm-hmm. Um, can you guys both share maybe the first time you remember seeing the movies or any of the movies or how far that goes back? It could go back pretty, pretty far or not far at all. Mm. Shannon, why don't you start us off? <laughs> Anytime. So I don't know if it was the first time I had seen Jurassic Park or not, but the first memory I have um, was in high school. We watched it in one of my science classes, I think. Um, I don't remember much about watching the film, but I distinctly remember the goat scene. Oh, drip, you know, bringing Brutal. the goat down. Yeah, yeah the shimmy um, scene is some like to call. It. Yeah, some just call it the the T Rex right, shimmy. Right, the T Rex shimmy. Um, so I remember that distinctly and thinking that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, you know, scarred by it or anything. I no. thought it was a good movie. Good. It's very epic. It's got a lot of good. Um, yeah, scenes and music to it. It's just a classic. So I'm glad you brought up the goat because the goat will come back in Jurassic World. So I'm glad that stood out to you initially. Audrey, can you uh, explain your origins with... How's your walk with Jurassic doing? Well, great question. Thank you for asking. Where are you at with it? I have no memories. Um, zero. I remember watching it with you. I know I saw it before that. Um, don't know when. I don't know where I was. Uh, yeah, I think we've watched it maybe three or four times together. 
Oh, I don't know. Maybe one time, but I, (laughs) I don't remember the first time I saw it. I know I saw the recent one that we watched tonight. Yeah. In theaters, and one of the Chris's was in it. That's what I remember. Yeah, a Chris, a guy named Chris was in the movie. Chris Pine, Chris Pratt. Pratt one of the, one of the Chris's. Chris, yeah. but one of, one the, of the Chris's. That's maybe. what solidifies me in time. And, well, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. I was going to ask you this question, but just think about this, and maybe at the end we'll 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 talk mm. about it because this this rewatch podcast is really all about the fans and why this franchise exists, why it's still going on specifically with Jurassic world and the new iteration. But just think about why you guys think these movies have continued to be made over 20 years. Just think about it. And maybe in the end we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. I feel like I should just say to the fans who think, why is she here? That was a terrible answer. Um, I don't know, but thank you for having me. (laughs) Cause I feel disrespectful with my answer. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to maybe clarify that so mm-hmm. uh luke and i we've already done episodes on the first three films yes and that episodes. represents an era of the film franchise right um and and when we first experienced that film franchise it, we we had a we were in a certain era of our own lives where we were uh in middle school or high school well, now the this next film, Jurassic World, represents a new era mm. for the film franchise. Just as uh, you both play and represent a new, or play a role in and represent a new era for both of our lives. Mm. So it's it's very fitting it's very that the, that the wives are here to talk about this mm-hmm. film that represents a new era. This is very meaningful. It's, it's beautiful to actually. me and Shannon. Yeah. Yes. A fun fact for the listeners, if you don't know us and you're listening, uh, we were married in the same church. Same church. That's right. Same year. Same same year, but not at the same day, at the same time. No, but... A few months apart. But what, three months? (laughs) You guys were married in September? Yeah. We were married in July? Yeah. That's a fun fact. We got married in November. So, uh, whatever. Give or take. She said yes. Yeah. November. (laughs) I thought you said... (laughs) All right. um, It's all the same. (laughs) We... Of course, are so happy to have guests, but we also make our guests work. Uh, Audrey, you have volunteered to read the business blurb <laughs> as she's drinking water. It's starred there for your. So anytime, please read both of those paragraphs whenever you're ready. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe, rate, and review the show so more Jurassic heads can discover us. Jurassic Park is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can get involved in the discussion via social media at Luke H. Ferris or by visiting www.jurassicpod.com. That's pod. To listen, learn, and get involved. No dinosaurs were harmed in the making of this podcast. Thank you so much. Well done. That was pretty good. That was solid. Yeah. I didn't know this was going to happen. You signed up hot. for it. You're, you signed up for it. When did I do that? Earlier. (laughs) Okay. All right. We're going to dive into our discussion. And you know what's great is we've had some folks listening, the fans out there. Uh, If you have not gone to our website, you can actually fill out a form and share your thoughts that will be played on a future episode. We might hopefully do a QA and a episode in the future. We had a listener bring up a point. Before you you even get to the the listener, I I just want to say about the, the website... Yes. Thoroughly impressed. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I, it's the the amount the 
amount of work is is it, it's truly impressive. Anyway, please. Continue. Some say I have too much time on my hands. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a sponsor for the platform or the website? Uh, like a, no, we do have a sponsor, but we're looking for sponsors. We're looking for sponsors. So Mercedes Benz. We've continued to reach out to InGen. They In-Gen. seem to have the money. I had an email for InGen, and it's it's a they broken They may link. need the PR. They yeah. need the yeah. PR. Uh, maybe Margaritaville after this episode. <laughs> uh, so this is a listener. We actually know this listener personally. Uh, his name is Jim. He lives in our hometown. Um, I want to read what he shared. He's specifically talking about the first episode. Love the first episode. The Elon Musk comparison was on point. And here's a great point that leads to our conversation today. I was bummed that you didn't touch on the more like a six-foot turkey scene at the beginning of the movie where Alan shuts up that teenager. If you guys can remember fairly, the main guy in the first movie kind of scares a kid. He tells him how scary the velociraptors are. You can probably touch on this when you get to your Jurassic World episode. Yes, we are doing it. Thank you, Jim. But there was a popular fan theory that the kid is actually a young Owen Grady, a.k.a. Chris Pratt, and that Alan inspired Mm. slash scared him into doing what he's doing now. Chris Pratt even responded online and said he thought that was a great fan theory. Just a fun fact you could discuss later. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jim. That is a great point that I think we can dive into as we get into the movie. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thank for, you, Jim. For listening. Thank you for listening and sharing. And, and caring. We, yeah. And caring. Yes. What a great guy. All right. Are you ready to dive into the world? Let's do it. Of Jurassic World? See, it doesn't It doesn't work hmm. because... Are you ready to dive into this Jurassic World There we go. Together? Thank you. That's yes, better. I'm ready, Shannon. I'm, I'm ready. ready. So starting off, we get some, some immediate callbacks. Uh, it starts off with the eggs. You have the creepy claws coming out. Literal eggs, like Easter eggs. Yeah. It's a, ooh, it's a double. It's an Easter egg of an egg. Yes. Uh, similar to the first film where the, they are really experiencing the birth of the raptors. Now, I think it's interesting right away is there's a lot of eggs. And I think that's going to be a theme that comes up in this movie is more, more, more. It's bigger. It's better. This is an active working theme park. It's an active business. Business. People are not as impressed by just like dinosaurs. We don't care about T-Rexes anymore. It's kind of like uh, when you go to Disney World, um, people aren't waiting in line for a small world anymore. No. Tragic. No. What are they in line for? Whatever's brand years. new. Okay. Whatever's brand new. Yeah. It's a small world after all, was Jurassic Park. So uh, we kind of start to meet our, our, our main children characters right away. Uh, these two kids are in the snow environment. We're assuming the Midwest or the East Coast. And they're going to visit their aunt who runs Jurassic World, which is an active working theme park. Uh, the, the, the parents, uh, David Wallace from the office is the dad. Um, Mike, you had an interesting theory about this could be, a, a, a side story of David Wallace's life. Yeah. So this kind of seems like after David Wallace has finished his time working, uh, at Dunder Mifflin, and this is a, a, tragically a deconstruction of his family yeah. uh, as they're going through a divorce. Um, as you find out later as in the movie. As a result, maybe, of... Mm-hmm. As a result of his work... Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, you... The house it, is not, like, what it was. Mm-mm. I'm glad you brought that up, because that's that's exactly smaller. what I thought of, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I, obviously, it's... it's it's um, They're not related in any way, but uh, it's it's funny how, you know, 
there's a lot of characters, a lot of actors in this movie that we look at and say, oh, that's so-and-so from blah, blah, blah. Or that, you know, it's kind of like, it's exactly like with Jurassic Park, the first film, where uh, we say, oh, that's Newman. Yeah. No, it's not Newman. It's the guy who plays Newman on Seinfeld. It's kind of like that. A lot of different kind of classical character actors all throughout this movie a lot of people that we recognize the mom was you both ladies were really not like saying the best a bunch. friend yeah. from yeah. everything she's always the bridesmaid in mm-hmm. all of the rom-coms mm-hmm. your go-to girl tons she of stuff mm-hmm. not, no, not I, bride, never the bride. I mean in this case character. she was right yeah but she was unfortunate so what did you guys think about the kids kid actors are very very important in every jurassic park movie um this was specifically on the two brothers. What were your thoughts on the brothers? Uh, like uh, the aunt, we were trying to figure out their ages. Couldn't really... We're thinking high school, middle school kind of mm-hmm. a thing. But what were your impressions of these children? I feel like they don't lead to a great first impression. I mean, the the younger of them, I think, is a little endearing because he's so excited about dinosaurs mm-hmm. and is super into it. But the older sibling is certainly not as endearing seems very just checked out not someone that you immediately care about maybe like some of the other kid actors you've seen in some of these prior prior films yeah that's a great take mine's really brutal i don't see a lot of talent i just i didn't (laughs) see it um i'm pretty sure the older brother is a netflix he's signed on with netflix i think he's doing stuff we're not sure what but he's on there Mm -hmm. he's out there the younger one, he's cute. I don't know. They just weren't, wasn't they weren't bringing life to the film for me. They weren't. No, the kids in the first movie, because my comparison is always going to be the first movie. Those kids were iconic. Like, of course. The screams, everything. Amazing. Yep. Cute. Great screams. Yeah. Talent. We, Luke, I think we. I think you and I agreed that the the... The girl in the second movie, The Lost World, she she puts in the best performance that we've seen so far. And absolutely. I think, Audrey, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, these two kids, these brothers in Jurassic World, fall flat. A couple they, of duds. They don't really, they don't really carry any narrative. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's, there's this thing that's happening outside of them, which is the divorce. It really doesn't play into the movie at all. But it depletes like their enthusiasm. Like They're just... They're... If they're meant to be sad about that, it's coming through and it's just not entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that we're going to run into this movie that makes it fun, but also there's they pack a lot into it. A lot of they have a lot. There's a lot of characters. They could have just been going, going to visit their aunt. We didn't like. It's just it's too heavy. I yeah, think. I think they were trying to make an allegory of like them surviving the trauma of the park is like this allegory of them surviving the trauma of this divorce. But mm-hmm. that that's me. Like I think getting a little too yeah, like there's, there's also some it's also on. kind of i think it's um i think it's a lazy callback it, or it's, it's lazy that the writers chose to use divorce as the conflict that's going on in these kids lives this is the third time they've used it because this is the third time they've used it yes it's yeah. very lazy and it's interesting because the only one that hasn't come up is lost world right where ian is either divorced or separated there was never well, let's get to the island, Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar. This is very Isla exciting. Nublar. We're back to Isla Nublar. We have not been. So Jurassic Park, the first original yes. film, Isla Nublar. Nublar. Uh, the Lost World, Isla Sorna, Sorna. Site B. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, or Jurassic Park uh, Claw, Claw Mark. Claw Mark. Claw Mark. Um, 
is uh, Isla Sorna. Isla Sorna. Now we are back to Isla Nublar. So that's the original island, right, which we'll see. Right, back where it all started. Where it all started. And this park is decked out. I mean, there's a Starbucks there. There's a Margaritaville. There. I mean, this what thing... What more could you want? Well, there's mm-hmm. not much else you could want. It is a, a fully formed working theme park. Um, and we get to meet uh, one of the main characters of the movie, Claire. What's the live count? 22,216. Any incidents? Yeah, six kids in the lost and found, uh, 28 down with heat stroke. Where did you get that? Oh, this? I got it on eBay. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I got it for $150, but the mint condition one goes for $300. Didn't occur to you maybe that's in poor taste? The shirt? Yeah, no, it did. I understand people died. It was terrible, but that first park was legit. You know, I have a lot of respect for it. They didn't need these genetic hybrids. They just needed dinosaurs, real dinosaurs. That's okay, kind of enough. Okay, don't wear it again. Yeah, wasn't gonna. Did you close the deal? Looks like it. Verizon Wireless presents the Indominus Rex. Oh, that is so terrible. Played by Bryce Dallas <laughs> Howard. Oh, already. <laughs> wow. Wow. The yeah. hatred for Bryce Dallas Howard goes deep over there. Her character was very controversial. I would argue um, more than her character. And we'll get through this. This is a, a theme throughout the movie. More than her mm-hmm. character and how it was written and the progression and the action sequences, the high heels that she wears throughout the film. Unbelievable. Uh, one of the most controversial, but also inspirational parts of the whole right. movie. I mean, the fact that they held it all together and did such a supporting role. Truly. Until the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Absolutely. The, and, the epic hero the movie really needed. And it's, Shannon, you're not wrong because there was multiple times, and you pointed it out, that they, they actually held the camera or started the frame, the shot of the frame on the heels and then moved up. They wanted you to know. Yeah. Girl still got her heels It's on. so frustrating because it, it it's very clearly not a uh, oversight. That yeah. she's wearing healing. Yeah, it's very intense. It wasn't just a wide shot and it looks good with the outfit. They were like, this is part of her character. Yes. And I would say secondary, and I don't know if you guys watch this or have stake in it, but Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City, notorious Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm. has a shoe line. It's only heels. She's very petite woman. She wears high heels all through Sex in the City, the series, the movie. She wears them running through the streets of New York. Very impressive. Cobblestones, mm-hmm. easily a twisted ankle. Any it, it, and it was chasing her down. Yeah, we or... needed Carrie Bradshaw. It brought me this. to that. I would say <laughs> secondary, close, close to, which she's probably like the number one level of like woman running in heels this as a the, skill. Yeah, as a skill. Mm-hmm. I mean, unbelievable skill by, by the actress yes. to do this. There is incredible skill there for that actress. But can we get to the to the fact of the matter that Wow. I'm not going to bash Bryce Dallas Howard for her acting performance because that's not fair. However, the character she played, I loathe. Uh, unnecessarily stupid. And it, 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 it just, it, it's not a little harsh because she's she's literally just, she, she, she will not use logic or reason. Mm-hmm. And it's just very frustrating. And to me, it becomes most clear, and we haven't gotten there yet, but... In the Indominus Rex, when she's talking to Chris Pratt, and it's just she will not see the forest for the trees. And it's like you cannot be this. You cannot ascend to park director. Yeah. 
and be this stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I see what you're saying, Mike, because I think the challenge of the character is, and it, we can talk about the clothes because it's very obvious they're using the clothes as a metaphor for her personality. She's very corporate, very tight wound. She barely can remember that her nephews are showing up. She doesn't really care where they are at. She's very organized. So there's this kind of like, as you go through the movie, she starts like unraveling, unraveling her mm-hmm. outfit and mm-hmm. unraveling her like corporateness and control. So true. But at the same time, like Mike said, she's kind of the, in a lot of times, any kind of adventure movie or even horror movie or, or monster movie, she's kind of not, dumb is maybe not the right term, but like the, the person who's like, oh, I didn't know this was happening. Unaware. But like she's aware. Right. And it, it, it's, it is weird. It's very frustrating that the sole main female character who is in theory put in a high position of power and authority if she is the park director um is portrayed in the way that she does so i don't know if i would go as far to say that i loathe her character (laughs) but i certainly i have gone as far (laughs) or am disappointed in the writers or creators who Mm -hmm. made that creative choice Mm -hmm. to showcase a woman in power portrayed in that way I mean, to get to that level, you need to be highly intelligent and passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I watch that, that just makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Because if I were to get to the top of you know some role in my field, I would like to think that I would be much more competent. Yeah, like what were her motivations? Because she didn't seem to care about the animals you know, at all. And she didn't care about her family. And she wasn't interested in dating. What, like, I don't know. Yeah, just kind of flat. There wasn't. Yeah, what's going on there? Yeah, I think it, it is tough in, in if this was a different series, we would maybe be like, well, yeah, it's disappointing. But I think when having one of the best characters, I think, in cinema, Dr. Sadler in the first movie, mm-hmm. one of the very, best Very actresses. high bars. Yeah. yeah. And the way she's written in that movie and being an adventure movie is is amazing especially that it's it's just it's just interesting to like see the comparison right over 20 years yeah 16 years uh, it, it's 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 disappointing but we have to we have to go on this journey with her i'm sorry guys it's it's just she's not gonna go anywhere <laughs> she um, does survive i will Spoiler. say i will say in it it's it's interesting the screenplay is written by four people so yeah, it, which is there's, classic there's a big lot, studio film. There's a lot of hands in it. One of them is a woman. So it's not that there wasn't a woman's mind looking at this character. It's just that they, whatever it was, they didn't care enough to really dig deep into the into this character that was going to get a significant amount of screen time. Which, mm-hmm. to be fair, you don't dive highly deep into any of the characters it's just that obvious transition from the laura dern type character Mm -hmm. if i'm saying her name right yeah Yeah, you um, are to this new character with bryce it's just a huge juxtaposition where you don't see that with some of the other characters but maybe that's like showing where jurassic park jurassic world has gone where they used to be so passionate about what they were doing right they wanted to bring back the dinosaurs and now they're just this corporate Mm. conglomerate moneymaker and they don't care really. They don't have the scientists yeah. on the ground and the. That that is, that is a good point. There, it's not really about the scientific exploration. It's bigger. It's there's. The money maker. It's not even like 
a corporate entity, there's multiple layers of the cor- corporate entity because like there's the people running the park and then InGen who's kind of over over. Yeah. The, they're the other bad guys, but they're all in the same organization. It's kind of wild. Um, let's kind of move on because we got a lot to get get at today. Um, Doctor Wu is back, uh, kind of the ominous villain from from the first movie who created the DNA uh, sequence, the whole science behind it. Um, there's a uh, Mr. DNA. Uh, there's an homage to him um, in the graphics, who's the original the, the animated, mascot animated character. Um, what did you guys think about the cast of characters working in the control room? Nick from New Girl is there. Uh, I thought he was great. He yeah. was a good mm-hmm. side character. Comic relief. Comic yeah. relief, definitely. It kind of gave a buoyancy, I feel like. And he felt like more so than some of the other characters to have heart mm-hmm. to him. So you kind of rooted for him, even though he was kind of, I don't know, sloppy or unusual. Yeah. But very Nick Miller, right? Yeah. Very, yeah. very New Girl character. So yeah. comic relief. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he, Jake Johnson. He, I I like him. He's a great. Is that his name? Yeah, Jake he's Johnson? a great actor. But it's a good name. He he's kind of like I almost feel like they were like let's put in basically someone who grew up with Jurassic Park the movies because he's wearing the Jurassic Park T shirt. So yep. it's almost like they're embedding a fan perspective because. And that's kind of the funny thing about this movie because like during the whole process he's like you gotta treat them as animals like he's 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 advocating for the animals but no one else is doing that none of this there's no scientists like you said audrey there's no there's no like actual animal people there and he's mm-hmm. like the animal person but he's that's not his job but he's defending the animals mm-hmm. same with same with chris pratt's character um the owner who is played by uh arif khan um he's he's a great actor um he plays kind of the middleman owner of the engine a little under underdeveloped but he likes to fly a helicopter <laughs> And he has a great line that I liked. Uh, uh, the key to happy, the key to a happy life is to accept that you never are in control, which is also ominous to what's going to happen. Yep. Um, very Ian Malcolm. Very Ian Malcolm. We meet our our baddie for the whole movie is the Indominus Rex. What did you guys think of the Indominus Rex? I think the first scene with the Indominus Rex is pretty chilling, pretty scary with just the eye mm-hmm. and hiding in the trees. I think later, as you see the Indominus Rex more to scale, I think it would have been hard for them to think of something that would really be impressive to mm-hmm. me. But I, I don't think I was necessarily impressed compared to a T-Rex. It looked like kind of a spiky T-Rex to yeah. me. It's okay. That's a good but, that's how I describe the dinosaurs yeah. to be fair. I just spiky well, T-Rex. And, and to your point, Shannon, the the difficulty I come around with and they talk about not they they're they're inventing dinosaurs because they're running out of attraction, right? Uh, they they're trying to get guests. But to your point, what are they going to have the Indominus Rex do yeah. that would be some order of magnitude more impressive or more attractive to draw guests in mm-hmm. because just being big isn't novel mm-hmm. they have other big dinosaurs being a carnivore is not novel they're not going like they're not gonna uh they're not gonna uh take this thing out on hunting excursions mm-hmm. and show people that it has hunting so it just doesn't make that I know that's like getting into the minutiae of the plot but it doesn't really make sense to me why I feel like if you were going to invest billions of dollars in in developing this asset, these are questions that would have come up in the board meeting. Right. Like, why do you want it to have these extreme, like, thermal, like, technological abilities 
that just make it harder to keep in captivity. I mean, it's all for the movie, right? But it just, it doesn't make any sense. Right. They didn't think through maybe to the level they should have. It's, At least to, to give us the plot, right? They, it's the they, least like yeah. a viewable dinosaur of them all. Like, yeah, no yeah. one can appreciate how big, scary, and amazing it is because it's never going to just stand out and... Yeah. yeah. I will say it's terrifying as a villain because of those, those skill high sets. skill sets, right? Yeah. Visually looking at it, it's not necessarily more scary than a T-Rex to me, but its capabilities, the fact that it had some of these other species in it that gave it that intelligence, the ability to yeah, change its thermal behavior. It's it was smart nuts. enough to trick its way out of its cage. I mean, a T-Rex couldn't have done that. No. That's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. That if that was real, would make me lose sleep. Yeah, but you yes. just can't sell tickets for that because right. you didn't know that when you developed it. Now, Mike, here's something. You being a theme park guy, a uh, theme park fan, uh, the the whole idea of theme parks, engineering theme parks, to me, the Indominus Rex, and the whole this whole movie is about theme parks because the Indominus Rex to me is the newest attraction ride that always breaks down that costs a lot of money to make that is not usable and is not the return on, not providing the return on investment. Well, you know, it's so interesting is uh, one of our favorite YouTube channels just did an episode on that for a ride they did for SeaWorld. Um, I think like Ocean Explorer or something like that. And it's just that it's, it's this ride that they poured in massive amount of resources in um, with the hope of, uh, of, of gaining a, of, of gaining a, a new, a new gate, a, a new influx of revenue into their gate and um, it's just, it, it, yeah, it was it was short-sighted it, it, because you, so what? The attraction is going to last for a year if, it, if, it's, if it's good and then people are just going to be like, great, what's next? And that's, they, they talk about that, uh, th- that the, the, everyone's used to dinosaurs. Kids like, are like, oh, you're right, bored of dinosaurs, right. which is very much theme park. Like, oh, I've been to Disney World once. It's like, just... but I'm, I'm sorry. It, it's just, it's very difficult for me to accept that because... So it's 12 years on from Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm going to be conservative and say that the park has been, Jurassic World has been operational for five years. Well, would it be longer if, okay. There's no way. So not, 93 was technically in the timeline. 93 Jurassic Park, 99 Lost World, 2003. They, okay. go, they go back to the island. So we don't know when the, this restarted, do they we? They said 20 years in the film. Okay. Whatever, but so it's been twenty years since Jurassic Park opened, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be conservative and say that Jurassic World has been operational for five, five years. Five years. Okay. Yeah. I find it incredibly difficult to believe that in five years they've exhausted their customer base. Well, and and the financial ex- like who you know who would be able to afford to go there? It looks yeah. very expensive. Like it looks really nice. So you save up potentially for years to be able to go. The general population is not exhausted by the dinosaur fad. Very it's few people novel. have seen them. Yeah, it, it almost like it almost would be interesting to see what the uh, like the if this was a think we if this was a, if the, well we need the graphs for <laughs> sure we need Hammond's propaganda but if this was like a, a, a like a Netflix show because I feel like they mention that there's competitors. I think that the idea is that Did the, I don't remember that. Well, uh, Doctor Wu at the end says. If I don't, if I, I don't if I don't intervene, someone someone's going to come right in. That was a personal problem. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that was real. But what if what if the technology got out? So like at 
you know, at every zoo there's like some version of a dinosaur. Well, that's what I was you know? wondering too is they mention offhand, okay, extinct animals don't have rights. The security mm. guy or whatever said that. So you wonder, is there not the same level of control or copyright over the creation of dinosaurs? You would think that, you know the powers that be would quickly scramble to try and create some sort of legislation. Yeah. But let's say that there's not, you could have, um, yeah, if there's not copyright, if there's not something like that, you would see this more widespread. But I do have a hard time believing that they wouldn't protect the technology that they're yeah. using to try and keep it on the island. They may, they may have, but it's international. Yeah. It's 20 years on from when it was invented. From, right. from more, It's actually more than 20 years on from when it was invented. Um, so that protection is probably gone. Yeah. So so in this world, in theory, in this world, there could be a T-Rex King out there documentary made in, in Oklahoma. <laughs> Don't where say that. There could be. There's T-Rexes. like Coming it, to Netflix next year. It, it could happen. It could happen. I love this discussion, but we got to move on to the steely, cold blue eyes and spray tanned jawline of Chris Pratt. Very spray tanned. His character was Owen. Owen, uh, he has a beautiful bachelor pad. He is a consultant at the park, correct? Yeah, he's a former Navy officer uh, who was hired as a consultant. He has a research assistant, and they work specifically with the velociraptors on behavioral analysis. Okay, yes. Uh, I don't know how the Navy trains you for that, but... Um, <laughs> That's that what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. How we get that gig? They, they, they're, they're really expanded. Well, Luke, into... you said he worked with the SEALs. Well, the, the, not the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Navy SEALs. Um, also, uh, his assistant uh, is uh, uh, the actor Omar, Omar Sy, who plays Barry um, from the Netflix show Lupin. So if you've seen that show, uh, it's amazing. But he a must watch. He's a, that's another classic Jurassic Park where you have these character actors or up and coming actors that just show up as a side character like oh my gosh they're in this um so ladies what did you think of chris pratt um being the the raptor trainer um hmm. what, what were your thoughts on him as a character as a as a male lead i would say that job requires a quizzical brow of which chris pratt exudes <laughs> he did a great job with that yep we were also laughing obviously when we were watching it because What's his name from The Office? Andy Dwyer. No, 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 no. From The Office. David Wallace? David Wallace. Well, you know, his family was involved in the film. <laughs> and it's it's weird when worlds collide when Andy Dwyer shows up. You know, when you get that office connectivity to Parks, to and, Parks, Rec. And, Rec, Parks and Rec, which, you know, you understand the worlds aren't fall, far apart. We're Pennsylvania. We're Indiana. Like, we're close. But you don't expect to show up together in Costa Rica. And we didn't know that Andy had shipped off to the Navy. Yeah, he went to the Navy and, uh, and got in incredible it. shape. That's an interesting fan theory. Yeah, yeah, he got in amazing shape. And he really got something happened. You know, he lost April. Yeah, definitely lost April. And you could tell that he lost April because he was hardened mm -hmm. from that loss. Mm -hmm. He's very serious. He's really into dinosaurs, which we didn't see that. And he's into this girl who we don't even want to talk about. But um, I was glad he was there. And I was just, I hope he's okay. Because it's not what I saw for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with the quizzical brow. I think uh, very 
highly beautified throughout yeah, the like, film. Yeah, like I thought he had eyeliner on or mascara yeah, on. Yeah, and I think he probably did. Yeah. I, I think he always had very um, strategically highlighted cheekbones. Yeah. Um, very, you know, just the right ratio of sweat in the yeah. hair. Good spray tan. He, yeah, he looked good while he was running through the jungle. Yeah, it was almost like he was trying to sell cologne while he was also (laughs) riding next to the raptors. Yeah, he's like, I'm trying to (laughs) play with these dinosaurs, but also, you know, make a little side money cologne. I will say of the characters, he was probably the one, the most likable Mm -hmm. to me. Um, I I found him the the most enjoyable to watch of the kids. Uh, Bryce's character, Claire. Well, that's her name, right? Um, of everyone else, I feel like he was the most enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And he loves the animals, and that's kind of right. his and his motivator. heart, yeah. He had a better... Is he the most enjoyable? I'm about to blow this up. Is he only the most enjoyable because he's around so many loathsome people? <laughs> I can't say for sure. He doesn't ever really commit a crime, right? Like, he has no wrongs. Well, when he, when he kisses Claire mm, after, after, like, 50 people had been murdered and claire's assistant it does make you murdered. question why what yeah. was making you they, feel like, like that was the right day, time that whole thing didn't need to happen it li- that literally did not need to be happen in the film it you demeaned his character if you took that out the film would have not changed at all yeah let's normalize male female friendships in movies like we didn't need that at all like it, it didn't make you enjoy the movie anymore at least i thought maybe that's because we all didn't like the female lead but I think that's a part of it but i also think they put very little effort into developing that line mm-hmm. it was kind of this assumption of them going through this life-altering experience and because they had maybe some inkling of a backstory mm-hmm. then they were clearly meant to be and thrown together and destined but there was nothing within the actual relationship i feel like that showed up that no. justified that no so i agree let's normalize the friendships right you can go through this crazy experience and have a bond but you don't have to make out while people are dying and like make that yeah not- i agree i think um how would you guys feel if luke and i just had normalized relationship <laughs> friendships with other women <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, different. <laughs> I feel like the it's interesting because they do the same trope with Jake Johnson's character at the end with the other IT woman, but it, it fails. She's like, I have a boyfriend. Like this That is, was funny, though. That was good. We're coworkers. So they're like making fun of the concept of the yeah. like old school romance, uh, I guess, relationship. So I guess it's self-aware enough to know what it is. But yeah, sure. it, was, it was a little funky. Can we talk about the callbacks? Yeah, there's so many. There's so many callbacks. The and goat. The goat. It's not really a callback, but the boat. There's a boat that's transporting them. At, like the know, ferry or whatever. Yeah, the ferry. That yeah. that kind of seemed like a callback to me. I know it really wasn't, but in my heart it was. Mm. The There were so many callbacks in this movie. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to beat this dead horse again. Yeah. The, the callback that they missed. like this, There was a slam dunk callback to be had here. Go back right to the first movie. I mean, they went to the Jeeps. They went to the Mercedes-Benz. But they missed, in my opinion, I'm, I've got a phone line open for Steven Spielberg <laughs> to call me. And we can discuss this. Go back into post-production and put this scene re-edit. in. Re-edit. Re-edit the re-edit. film. Yes. There needs to be... So 
Jurassic World is a brand new park. They're doing construction on new exhibits everywhere. They should have a scene where they're doing construction, building the the exhibit or the enclosure for the Indominus Rex, and they unearth the Barbasol can that Dennis Nedry dropped and was covered in mud in the first film, which led to all of this that we're dealing with today. And the fact that they didn't have, that they had all these other callbacks, but didn't have the Barbasol can, I thought was a miss. I feel like they could have done that and done it 20 years later. Like they could have, that could have been the first scene of the movie. Yeah. And it could have been 20 years later. And in fact, Steven Spielberg is quoted to say he did that intentionally to have a potential callback for sequels. Yeah. It, it's just, honestly, as a, as a fan of the franchise, I, I know that this is kind of like uh, get off my lawn a yeah. little bit, but like as a fan of the franchise, that callback, like I didn't need the callback to the original building where the T-Rex was yeah. screaming. I didn't need a callback to the Jeeps. I didn't need a callback to the some of these other, to the night vision goggles yeah with the night vision goggles We're i don't need just that on the shelf i didn't need a callback to chris pat hiding underneath a car from yeah. the from the from the indominus rex i wanted the barbasol can um because it was so important in the book it was so important in the first movie yeah. and i just I, so i mean it doesn't ruin the movie for me but i would have liked to see it get mm. off mike's lawn i will say i liked the other things being in there mm. I think it did add a nice nostalgia to it, but I understand the sadness over not having that. We as didn't well. have that. It could have been a plot yeah. driver, and I think that's why it's disappointing. The other things are just kind of fun, but it, what it, that could have been a plot driver. Oh, Karen has a great line. Well, a promise tomorrow is worth a lot less than trying today. Ugh, you're using mom's lines now. Oh my God, I am using mom's lines. The love of the nephews greatly increases as claire experiences can the you trauma. say the line again we need to ruminate on that a promise nice tomorrow a promise tomorrow is worth a lot less than trying today mm. so then if a promise tomorrow is worth a lot less than trying today how much is a dollar tomorrow for a hamburger today <laughs> Moving on, uh, there was we can't we can't you can't say uh, we the we meet the uh, water dinosaur and then the anonymous Rex gets out does a little uh, looky loo uh, like hey I'm outside but no I'm not and then psych um, the poor uh, worker at that cage gets murdered this this movie was which one brutal. is the poor uh, who are we um, feeling bad well for? we had the Costa Rican Multiple. and then the overweight man which I thought was like okay the relationship. Fat shaming and like, oh, let's just kill the Costa Rican who doesn't have a line. Uh, so, Audrey, you brought up a good point. So, th this is really where the cast starts, and this is pretty. This happens pretty quick in the movie, um, where basically the Adonis Rex tricks everybody, um, and Claire is driving back in her Mercedes. Um, she's trying to figure everything out, and you notice something that she was doing, specifically on her phone. Well, it was more that we're watching the movie and you get every time they get in a car, it's this like beautiful shot of the car. Yeah. And so, oh, is this a sponsorship? Same as when Chris Pratt is guzzling his Coca-Cola and you think <laughs> that's not he. No one drinks Coca-Cola when they're fixing their motorcycle. <laughs> she's driving in her car and she's zooming along, speaking on her phone with her phone to her ear. And we just think. Why is her Bluetooth broken? Yeah, where's the Bluetooth? Like, if this is an ad for what is you Merce said, Mercedes? Mercedes? Come on. Yeah, I'm not buying a Mercedes without Bluetooth. Come on, it's ridiculous. We have an asset out of containment. Put ACU on alert. This is not a drill. Even though 
though I didn't, you know, meet him until I was 13, I definitely consider Carl to be like more of a dad than my real yeah. dad. Yeah, hello? Larry, get me coordinates on the Indominus. I mean, how much do they cost? This is out of control. <laughs> have you have you ever used a car with Bluetooth? Yeah, my, my car has it. I hate I hate when I like using it, yeah. but when someone calls me yeah. with their car Bluetooth, I I won't. I well, nobody it. calls me. So oh, okay. I don't know the problem. My wife calls me from the car Bluetooth. <laughs> the worst yeah. is when I'm on my Bluetooth calling you on no. your Bluetooth. Oh, that's a double and Bluetooth. Static. Double I did, you know, I did wonder about that too. And you think, okay, is it just, you know, better dramatically? It, it, it is. See I think it, it was because she she's can kind of hold so it, and she's yeah. she's clutching. clutching. You can see the tension yeah. in her arm. You're right. She's it's got with the that drama. Position. Yeah. It looks a little bit more epic than just like talking to no one. Yeah, completely. But not realistic. I agree. No, bad advertising. At thirty-five thirty, there is, and we're gonna have to figure this out. And if fans want to write in, there is a book at uh, uh, Nick from New Girl. I gotta get his name. Lowry is his real name. Uh, it's a, his a, character name. His character name. Ian, one of Ian Malcolm's books. We're assume, we believe it's Ian Malcolm's book. It has to be. It, it we, looks enough like Jeff Goldblum to to be considered Ian Malcolm, but not enough where they would have had to pay for the name and image and likeness of Jeff Goldblum. To not in focus. Yes, exactly. Um, speaking of of, of Bluetooth, uh, Blue is the main raptor. That was a tough jump there, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I Bluetooth do, I do, to Blue Raptor. I didn't want to miss a um, a franchise sharing. Um, uh, Chris Pratt's character says that when the uh, Raptors were born, he imprinted on them. Not co- not cool. Very much as uh, uh, Jacob Wolf to Renesmee. to Renesmee yes. in the yes. Twilight series. That so, the, was what immediately came to mind. The downfall of Twilight. The most disturbing thing anyone's ever <laughs> Highly heard. Highly disturbing. Renesmee, CGI babies. Almost as disturbing as the name. Uh, mm. Yes, yes. Um, so <sighs> the SWAT team come, gets pulled out. Um, ACU, they have great outfits. I love the SWAT team outfits. And they get destroyed pretty quick. Um, the main SWAT team leader. They got, they got swatted. They got swatted. Uh, he Before he's eaten, he says... He died by being stepped on. Did he? He was yes, not bitten. He was thrown down and then stepped on your right. Uh-huh. Um, but I can't imagine the amount of pain he must feel mm. in the afterlife knowing that his last words are. It has camouflage. <laughs> he, You know what? He's a hero. He's a hero. Because he didn't know if other people saw. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, they clearly didn't because they, they didn't it, has clam- well, it has camouflage. Well, let's let's just remember the blood drips down... In the slow reaction. Right. Good for cinema, but very sad for the entire team. The whole team slowly reacts. He sees the slow reaction, thinks they are slow people. They didn't see the dinosaur. They don't know that she is camouflage. And he needs to let them know because maybe they still didn't see it. This is the best explanation of that line. (laughs) Yeah, it it really is. And this movie does get violent. It very much reminds me of Predator, especially that scene where you have like. Well, you skipped over the fact that the dinosaur ripped her tracker out of her body. Oh, yeah. And just like ripped her own flesh out. Like, what is that about? That was a pretty bone chilling moment. they, They described it because she remembered where it went 
where it was put in, but how did she know what it was? She they never knows. really described like they really make this dinosaur the bad bad guy because it's hard to make a, a worse dinosaur because especially when the tragic scene when the the uh, brontosauruses get murdered in in the field like right. it, it just gets pretty brutal like, but but like what level of intelligence from an animal can ever understand tracking devices it just feels it it just knows knows that no. it's something foreign in its body yeah. and wants to remove it so she she knows that she's being tracked why? And she knows they put something in her. To Audrey's point, yeah. why didn't she rip it out earlier? She was plotting. She's so smart. She had this She's plan. Very smart. To be fair, they talk about how everything is new to her. She's pretty young. So. Yeah. so as she's getting out of the cage, she's learning things, and she's realizing that she's being followed. Maybe this is her solution to that. I don't know. I they mean, make these creatures have more intelligence than I would have realized they could have had even my, the Velociraptors. My mom has a plate and three screws in her leg, and I don't think she can feel it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't believe it. It, it this this movie does. That feel was like, like a five inch long yeah. little thing. This movie does feel like a slasher. Um, it's really interesting once we get to, especially when the kids are in the Pokemon balls, uh, running around <laughs> the hamster wheels, the hamster, hamster wheels, wheels as they call it, which is. Again, shout out to JD for pointing out that yeah. they are Pokemon balls. They are Pokemon balls. Uh, one of my favorite characters is the um, the guy working that ride. Because that is like, and I know whoever's on the writing team said, let's make the quintessential theme park ride yes. employee yes. and cast him. Like, but that guy's pretty famous, right? Like, I recognize him. Stuff. Yeah. He's in Stranger Things. He's, yeah. he's like, if you need a really nerdy, dopey guy. He's your guy. He's casted. Like he's looked he's like in that. A lot of and he's stuff. been doing stuff for a long time. Yeah. Well, he's... he nailed it. Enjoy the ride. Hello? Seriously? Uh sorry folks. Ride's closed. Um Everyone needs to proceed to the monorail and execute. Come on, guys, I just work here. Everything I could have wanted from a theme. Yeah, park his worker. two or three lines were. Oh, he said, enjoy the ride. And then he said, guys, come I on, just, it's just my job. Or, I just work here. I just yeah, work I just work here. here. Just give me a break. Which I wish every Jurassic Park employee was just, that was what they said. Like, guys, I'm sorry, I just work here. They you also know? live there. And yeah. do their shopping there and everything because if you work a full day at Jurassic Park, you're not like yeah, where are you commuting. Going? Where are no. you going? Yeah, you don't commute. No, gonna kayak to the other. Like and you're risking your life. Yeah, it's like a summer abroad. Like if you're if like he's working in theory, maybe he's in college. Maybe that's like his his summer job, or it's like you're just working on tour, like at the carnival or something. Vincent Denario, who's a great actor, plays Hoskins, who's this guy who wants to basically weaponize the dinosaurs, and he works for InGen. I, I thought that was the my least favorite character in the whole. It didn't. It, it just it was another character that just kind of said lines about animals and was kind of just like uh, a, just a very basic human bad guy. Um, but he's basically as this park is falling apart, he's like, I want to. I want to use the raptors to 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 solve the problem. Yeah, that character is the exact individual the exact personality type that in gen if they were a a decent company would have weeded out of their a long time ago because like he would have never made it that far yeah because i mean it it, first of all he wouldn't have been 
he wouldn't have been somebody Hammond would have worked with because no. that personality type wouldn't have mixed with Hammond. And we know Hammond to be kind of a villain. Yeah. So like if Hammond, you know, he has some charming qualities as far as the movies are concerned um, about him as well. But it's just like the, now our new CEO, our new you know head of InGen um, clearly doesn't have the vision that this guy does. Why is this guy the head of your security? It just doesn't make sense. This InGen is, I still think, they are absolutely the worst fictional corporation. In terms of like just, HR violations? It, well, just, yeah, HR, how it's run. Right. Like, it makes no sense. Like, it, how this, this is, they don't know what's going on from the right to the left, which actually is pretty accurate with corporations, <laughs> I feel like, sometimes. Mm, a bit. Like, you're like, you have another person part of the corporation that comes in is like, well, that's what names. I was even thinking of. You're saying, well, these would have been weeded out forever ago. But does the head of your theme park incorporation, is he really going to interface regularly with security? Like, obviously, that's important. But I just, I don't feel like they're going to be interfacing enough where he hears his grand ideas of yeah, be, because them to the weaponize guy, and all this because stuff. The pilot, right. the pilot CEO, CEO was definitely kind of like... The showman guy, more like right. the theme park division. Yeah. Also, as somebody who's trained a dog, okay, <laughs> in the process of training a dog. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So this guy came up with this idea that, or, or, or confirmed his theory that velociraptors and dinosaurs could be weaponized by watching Chris Pratt tell these velociraptors to wait and click, right. and, 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 and click and, and, a little button. And so what's what the did. clicker doing? Well, you had a pen. that's like, the, what's the word for it? It's like the confirmation. It's your marker when yeah, you yeah, train yeah. correctly. But so when they do something right, you click it, uh-huh. and then you give them like a treat or a reward. Okay. You use that for dog training too. They have clickers. But the idea that by watching my dog do something right for one instance would somehow make me believe that my dog could... Be a police dog. Be a police dog <laughs> is just the stupidest like line of logic. Like what? Yeah. Like under what circumstance do I think no. that my dog is like? Oh my! I saw. You see my dog waited. That's the first time he's done it. He's gonna be a police dog. He's gonna be. He's gonna be busting people for cocaine. No. No. Of course not. It's he doesn't have the skills. A stretch. Well, definitely and stretch. really sadly, I have to say, the Raptors were not up to the job there in the end. Like, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler or if I'm jumping ahead, but. When it did come time for them to attack that female dinosaur, they did not win. Like, they did not. Like, if that was his whole point was that they could, like, yeah, it wasn't skillfully. Really Unfortunately, that character, everything about that character has no validity because we find out in a shocking uh, backstory that his wife attacked him with a knife yeah. his, a his steak knife and his pet wolf from childhood <laughs> was trained enough to attack her and bite her arm i rescued a wolf pup it's like two months old could barely walk sleep by my bed watch over me my wife she came at me with a steak knife took a chunk out of her arm you put him down I don't know. We had a unshakable bond, you know? Just like you and, um... What's his name? Delta. And she's a girl. 
Yeah, that was just super disturbing, like, just, and like, there was no There's context. a lot of red flags yeah. that come there's up. A, there's a restaurant <laughs> in my hometown growing up. It had all these, that like, funny joke signs around the, around the restaurant. It was Where are like, we going with this? I got, a, I got a new shotgun for my wife last week. Best what? trade I ever made. Oh. I hate that's, that. That's kind of yeah. what it seems like yeah. with this wolf. But how did it was just get to so this? random the story though like the time when my wife came out with the steak knife it's like there's bigger things there didn't really fit in the moment no not a like, casual story i would tell there's someone. there's something going on there like and that's what a lot of these big budget movies fail because in why the first one is so good and even lost world they're they even though they're not fleshed out characters there's logical motivation and it's not just like this person's just evil. Like they, that character's are like, let's just double down on his evilness. Whereas our friend, the gentleman hunter Muldoon in the second one, he has a motivation. It's, it's a, as Greg Jackson said, it's a very, very weird line that he has, but it's a justifiable one. He's a line. He's a big game hunter. He wants to hunt the biggest game mm-hmm. and like, he wants to do it his way. Like yeah. that's, it's very understandable. This guy is, there's nothing that is justifiable about, about what he's doing. No, we don't understand him. We just don't. We have questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. So the kids get out of uh, the hamster ball before being played a little dinosaur soccer, a uh, little dinosaur soccer, a uh, little pick me up game. Um, and uh, where are we at? Um, then we, oh, yeah. This oh. is very sad. Um, oh, no. Wait, what happens? Yoda dying is what my notes say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, is it the Brontosaurus or yes. Brontosaurus? Because it's dies? the only shot that there's like, that I could tell that was there was actual animatronics. Yeah. Worked. It's like yep. for the death scene of yep. the dinosaur. Which was so Tragic. sad to see the number of those dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And like they said that this, uh, you know, female dinosaur was going mm-hmm. on a killing spree just for sport. For no reason. But it did definitely remind me of the, the Yoda death scene. Mm-hmm. Just with the puppetry wrinkles. or yeah. animatronics. And the, the overemphasized yeah. wrinkles. I did expect him to start whispering about Skywalker. for me i thought it was it was kind of sad i mean it was a sad scene period but it was sad for me because uh that's the first dinosaur that you really see see in the the first film such a striking yes yes and the reaction from from laura dern's character and from alan from alan grant alan from sam o'neill's character alan grant and uh it's it kind of seemed like it was closing mm. the book on I, I mean it really wasn't but it kind of just seemed like the book end like for... this is a this is a reboot like that's over yeah like the violence is about to begin yeah like this is this Begun. is a different kind of movie yeah, yeah right. it's, it's bigger it's it's bolder i have a note that says uh humidity straight hair thanks for bringing that up so we kind of discussed this when we were watching we but did. shannon and i both as i would say like women with wavy hair who live in the Midwest or we experience humidity. I mean, have you been down? Where is this location? Costa Rica. I haven't been to Costa Rica. I mean, I've been to Florida. Yeah. Um, It's very humid. When I go to Florida, my hair is crazy. Yeah. So what's our lead actress's name? Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. She has full very full straight bangs a very severe bob haircut she looks great she looks amazing and as she runs through the jungle 
you know, she's she's getting stains on her clothes. She has to take off her blouse and her belt and reveal her purple tank top. Um, and the outfit does change colors strangely throughout time. We're white, we're gray, we're beige. We're all over the place. And what is that? We don't know. But one thing we do know is that she has straight hair that doesn't frizz. Which is unfathomable and unreal. Not even running through the jungle. The amount of product it would take to have that just to walk to the gift shop from her office. Insane. To achieve that. Right. Her hair would be crunchy to do that. And then when she finally does succumb to the elements, she has a full curled blowout. She didn't frizz up. She got a whole new style. Like, when did she have time to do this? Her hair is perfectly curled. And, like, I appreciate that they're, like, lending recognition to the fact that it's happening. Mm. But it's not authentic. And she has, like, a beautiful curl in her hair. And the thing is, like, we're happy with messy hair. Mm. Like, we'd love to see it. Now, I guess it's probably harder, like, for hair and makeup to authenticate, like, natural hair because every day is different. And I know, I don't know how many days it take to film like a scene and they can perfectly do it, but. In some ways it's easier for continuity to have it be straight. Right. right. Which is probably part of, part of that. It's like, just let's right. take totally the Totally makes straight. sense. But it just looked ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it was. Like, what uh, do we say? She looks like Dora the Explorer. Right. She looked like Dora the Explorer. And, you know, as far as realism, one of the less realistic yeah, parts Yeah, of I would say. I yeah. would if I'm say being honest. Of everything. Well, that that was, everything. That was she almost it. looked like a cartoon. Like, it was just so false. The, it's interesting you bring this up. So, the jungle scenes were almost certainly filmed in one of two locations in Hawaii. So a place that's not lacking for humidity. Right. So they were so the wardrobe team would and the hairdressing team would have constantly been fighting this issue. Right. The uh the the instance you bring up where um where she's kinda got this like curly hair yeah. is, is when they're on like Main Street, like in the park. Yeah. Like on the like the gift like the gift there, the commerce area, right? That is actually shot in New Orleans. And so also not a place that's lacking humidity, but a totally different geographic location, which means that they either shot that scene beforehand or after they were in Hawaii. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a time difference in there. But that's probably that. I mean, that's a discontinuity um, that they weren't able to carry over from different filming locations. Well, and I would expect the progression they showed. It's getting more curly, a little bit more frizzy. It happened yeah. quickly, though. Just, it, was it was a... an immediate change and it was a very carefully crafted like yeah. you can see the curls yeah where normally you would get more of a just widening of the yeah. hair yeah. and a frizzing yeah so it just you know it, it was very perfected it takes me back to the new disney remake of mulan mm. um where she has perfectly curled hair which isn't really authentic to her character in general i did not know that and she's horse, like she's riding a horse and her hair's in the wind and she's got these beautiful curls and it just ruined it for me. And I was brought back to that. So so watch out for the hair, all you production de- designers out there. I did like her line where she kind of like I did her outfit and she said, it means I'm ready to go. That was funny. And I have to say, we're being really hard on her. And it's part of like what Mike said is like, we already had an issue with her before we recognized this. Like, I'm not after people's hairstyles normally, but she was... On our last nerve. And then More this. so on the creation and, yeah, the creative decisions made around Yeah, it was like, let's just, just be more un- thoughtful. Yeah, let's yeah. be thoughtful let, about let our is. choices. Let's be thoughtful. And I think uh, 
one of the things in that little sequence, if you if you're really interested, and I made everyone on on the show on this episode stop and look at the framing of both Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard in that scene, because you can tell that Chris Pratt is much taller, and they try to frame themselves mm-hmm. side by, by the, side. The yeah, that's at one oh five. So if you if you want to see a little uh, film school framing, um, it's very obvious because Chris Pratt is not looking at her when he's talking to her. So that's for all the film nerds out there. Mm. Um, the chaos continues to ensue. The boss tries to go help. He gets in the helicopter. There's no one else can fly the helicopter. Oh, he's so happy to be flying. They don't need anything else. You know what? They he, only have he, one helicopter. He died mm. doing what he loves. You we know? don't We don't know that he died. He could have survived, maybe. Um, but it's very, very unlikely, unlikely, unlikely because all of the pterodactyls get loose. Um, well, there's also a crash and an explosion. There's, yeah, the explosion. Uh, one man was thrown from the helicopter, then eaten. The other one was there's, stabbed with it's, it's very a it beat. Very graphic. And yeah. then he went down in flames. It, yeah, it, which it, was it's absolutely wild. Very sad, and it was sad to see him go when he was trying to be so helpful and so much passion, hands on, and kind of you think of like the general in a war mm-hmm. going onto the front lines. You appreciate that about his character. Mm-hmm. But then it's sad to see it end in such demise. He's a really hands-on CEO. That's all I got to say. Uh, the kids go back to the original Welcome Center um, that has survived. We see the callback of when dinosaurs ruled the Earth. The Jeeps, Jeep 29. So if you're looking at the Jeep numbers from episode one that we talked about, we have a 029 of the Jeep. Yep, and, and um, 18. And the kids uh, know how to fix cars. Just a little fun fact there for everybody. Uh, only because they remembered the one time that they helped their grandfather. Oh, remember when we helped their grandfather <laughs> fix this car? It's the same thing. Um, the birds attack. Uh, very much. Pterodactyls. The, well, I want to say the birds attack because we were all talking about this was basically an homage to Hitchcock's The Birds, which Audrey is now allowed to watch. Um, because she has a slight fear of birds. It's terrifying. I can. It's I just. Can it's. I don't like crows. The crows and the, these are big, big crows. Uh, the, I would say the most unjustifiable kill in Jurassic Park, tied with Toby from West Wing, in the Lost World. No, is, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He 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 sacrifices his life though. So there's there's drama to this justification a little. The assistant to Claire is brutally murdered. It's stretched out. It too. did. It's not just like they pick her up and fly away and that's it. It's like she's they pick her dunked up, they her multiple, down, multiple times. Mike, this is when you stepped away actually, so you didn't see it. Forgot about it. The pterodactyl grabs her down into the water, dunk. She's like swimming. She's going to be okay. It comes down, picks her up again. They're diving in the water. And then. I would love to see a comparison of the screen time that her death was versus the amount of screen time her character had. She was cast for her death. You're right. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of her lines got cut, but yeah, it was. What's the sea monster called? Sea dinosaur. That's what got her in the end. Yes, yeah. that's the official. Term. That's the worst one to get you. Oh, it's so spooky. that was it was it was brutal. Um, there's a great shot in that chaotic scene of some guy 
at at Margaritaville taking two margaritas <laughs> as she's running. I, I really love protect that guy. the Mars. But you know what? That guy, like when they're like at the uh, at the end of the movie, he's probably drinking his margaritas. Yeah. He probably saved them all the way back to yeah. like the recovery yeah. center. And I bet he regrets none of that. No, no. I he, mean, he feels good. For sure. MVP. Can you imagine a pterodactyl's running at you and you're like, two free hands or two margaritas? It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I, you know what? I like that perspective because he's like, you know, at that point, if they take me, they take me. Yeah. And I might as well at least have. And if I, they don't, I'm going to be here for a while. And I'm going to need a drink. So what am I going to do? Why, why not? Uh, we have the unwarranted kiss after the chaos. Just um, so random. The nephews are reignited and Claire is extremely excited. But the kids do not care. They're very excited about Chris Pat's character yeah. and Owen, how cool he is. Where did you go? Why didn't you come back? I'm so worried about you. Right. We work together. Uh, now we have to go to uh, the Raptor Zoom meeting, as Shannon called it, as the Raptors are <laughs> all have their little uh, headbands with cameras. By far my favorite part of the movie. I love that Put so much. Put a headset on anything and now it's just instantly adorable and yeah, funny to me. Hilarious. But yeah. Velociraptors with headsets on, I mean, you can't get better cinema than that. You just want yeah. them to do like that head shake that your dog would do. Like yeah. when there's something on the yes. side and it doesn't like. But they didn't do it. No, they didn't. They didn't shake it off. Oh, I th- really thought it would. Shannon, you talked about this. Their being... arms are too small. They oh, can't yeah. <laughs> get it. Shannon talked about how how a Zoom meeting with Raptors would go and how like 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 blew your mics off or yeah, you're mute. Uh, okay, okay. Blue, let's... stop making those yeah growling sounds yeah, into the okay, mic. Okay, all right. We need to we need to kill that. Yes, Do you think when they say animal. like if you've ever been in a corporate Zoom call, you know you you undoubtedly heard the phrase "circle back." Well, we know that Raptors <laughs> like about, to circle their prey. Yeah, yeah. Can we can we put a claw in this? <laughs> <laughs> Just hold it down for a minute. We'll think about it. Oh, that's good. So the Raptors uh, go with Chris Pratt on the motorcycle. Um, You know, basically they're like, okay, we'll help. We'll help the Raptors kill the the bad dinosaur. Who said we'll help? The Raptors or the Chris Pratt? He said, I'll help. He's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, And we have the great. Because what other choice did he have? He has no choice. Um, and he has that really cool scene with him in, on his motorcycle that was in the trailers of this movie that everyone every got. Trailer. I mean, every, I remember when that trailer dropped and it was like, oh. It's the cover of the, of the Blu-ray. Of the movie. It, yeah. It's really probably one of the most dramatic and exciting scenes of, sure. of the movie. Just, and again, lots of Chris Pratt just like brooding. Mm. Like, you just, he's like, mm. Quizzical brow. Yep. Yeah. Quizzical this brow. this entire episode is just us genuflecting in yeah. Chris Pratt's general direction. <laughs> it does have this very epic quality to it. I think we talked about on the side that it, it seemed like it could be like a, a cologne commercial yes. or something. It's got this kind of otherworldly. Yeah, Raptor Tears. I was thinking like blue, something with blue yeah. in it. Oh, yes. yeah, blue steel. Blue, blue steel. steel. I really, I'm looking forward to on the website there being a like a, a still shot of Chris Pratt selling cologne, <laughs> cologne. called Raptor Tears. <laughs> it's going to be, oh, oh, like, oh, it's like oh, uh, Raptor Tears. By Owen. <laughs> Just by Owen. By Owen. Oh Unreal. my gosh. Uh, so we do have another homage to the long grass. Don't go into the long grass! 
RJ, may he rest in peace. Uh, Chris, Chris Pratt's character does not go in the long grass. Um, but he's able because the raptor is exploded by some type of bomb. Yeah. Another reason not to go in the long grass. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> I mean, he was he he had one foot in. He was thinking about it, and yeah. then um, Barry uh, Omar Sy's character uh, is in a log as one of the raptors is is attacking him. And the, sorry, I skipped the raptors talk to the, the raptor. Yeah, wait, I thought Chris was on the motorcycle. He was with the Raptors. They were on the same page, and then something changed. Well, we corner the villain, and apparently another new form of information is not only is the T-Rex all this different type of dinosaur, it's also raptor, part raptor, so they can talk, and then the raptors turn on the humans, and then we have a big What do you think she said to them to, like, convince them? Like, they didn't even, they just met. How did she sway them so quickly hey i just met you this is crazy (laughs) attack those guys no nope (laughs) i uh i don't know what she said that's a good question like why would she she spent so much they loved chris you know like they had a bond why and obviously they they came through in the end but they didn't love the other people nor did we yeah nor did we they weren't very lovable can we kill everyone except that guy he's okay and And maybe they planned that they still are animals Mm. and there's still this you know humans versus nature feel right so it's probably more natural for them to not work alongside humans so to have any sort of hey you what why are you doing this Good Bro, point. The call like, of nature. It probably wouldn't take much to have them be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. We got to go kill them. Yeah. Right. So they turn around. They attack him. Um, Barry survives. He's in a tree trunk. Um, and the raptor's A hollow, a hollow tree, trunk, tree. And the raptor is getting after him. And that is actually a callback to the book. Yeah. That is an action sequence in the book, which is really cool to see that. And Barry survives, which I didn't think was going to happen. Even rewatching it, I was like. Of course, he's gonna die. Every assistant dies in this movie. No, no. <laughs> well, he didn't survive on his own. Yes, uh, Owen did help with. Yeah. Did he do? Because he tried talking. He, he started as he revved his motorcycle. Oh, he revved his motorcycle. He it was just also apparently. But he thing. tried to talk to Blue and non-responsive. Yeah. Um, Disappointing. So we get back to uh, the park. It's it's deserted. So all, a lot of the people have, have gone out here, out of the park. And then we really start our kind of final sequence, this big battle sequence. Uh, and, and we have the good guys. We have uh, Owen, the kids, and Claire. And then we have the Indominus is coming in to like just tear everything apart. Um, we do see... Um, basically how InGen's trying to take all of their research, which is a very InGen kind of thing to do. They try to take all their research. Um, the security guy gets killed pretty quickly, which we all knew was going to happen. Uh, and then we have this final sequence, basically in downtown Disney, where they're, <laughs> they're, they're battling the Indominus. I really love this sequence. I thought it was really well done because they're all obviously outmatched. Yeah. yeah it. I I think of the uh, of the battle sequences throughout the movies. Um, this is better than the uh, the T Rex versus the Spinosaurus in Jurassic Park Three. Way better. And way uh, better. I also think it's better than um, 
there's a there's a battle in the in the second movie. I can't exactly remember, but I thought I I actually thought this was one of the best ones. It also has the best ending. I it does. Won't spoil it if you haven't watched Jurassic World yet, but it. I, I assume you you've watched it if you're, you've gotten this maybe. far. Maybe. Yeah, and I will say we've given Claire's character a lot of flack, but she had the best idea out of anyone mm-hmm. to let out good old. T-Rex OG mm-hmm. yep. out of its cage with the flare where she found a flare nobody knows but right. um and run and risk her life to get this creature out to try and actually have a match that's possible She and that was probably the most epic shot besides it's the motorcycle sequence, like her standing there as the gates opening and like she's empowered. And how did she light that flare? Well, flares you actually you just pull it. But she was so confident. Yeah, I mean she knew what she was doing. But she looked really. She knows she knows how to light a flare, but she doesn't understand how. That's what there's this a little bit. It seems like it doesn't match because she seemed highly capable, right, and taking care of herself. And like at the end of the movie, she's shooting guns and flares. Yeah, yeah, things. That's what I want. Like, give me more of that, Claire. Right. That's awesome. um, I need end of the movie, Claire. Yeah. We We need Weaver from Alien. Uh, yeah, th- that's Sigourney. who we need. Sigourney yeah. Weaver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you could have gone that way, and I think that was the, that's what they were trying. They were trying to kind of progress the character to get to that point. It just seemed a little. It was rocky. a little choppy, and maybe yeah. that's choppy. where she came from. And then she went corporate. You know, she maybe she was a corporate way. sellout. No, Might she came. She came anyway. from the Midwest. Yeah. yeah. How do we know? Oh, yeah. Karen. What's yeah. wrong with the Midwest? She was probably working at like uh, one of the Dunder Mifflin branches initially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then oh, she yeah. left for Staples. She's a shoe in. Staples. <laughs> she's a shoe in for Dunder Mifflin. Yeah, she is. She, she's gonna need to work at to Dunder when Mifflin Dunder Mifflin this. went 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 out. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. But like, that's I could see her there. I could, I could see, see her, her hanging out with Jan. Yes. <laughs> at this point, Jan's candle business has just exploded. <laughs> And so she's she's gonna go back and, and work for Jan. Uh, so let's talk about this final sequence: the old girl, the T Rex, the hero of our sh- of our whole series, has returned. After we actually didn't even see her at all, we saw her eating the goat in, in as in a little snippet earlier on, which I I thought that was an insult, kind of like it was in Jurassic Park three where they kill they kill the T Rex immediately. But it wasn't that because they were saving kind of the final battle for the end. The T-Rex almost gets killed. Very sad. Velociraptor saves the day. I thought the T-Rex was going to die. I did too. It kind of seemed like it was turning that way. Those throat like lunges. Yeah, the throat. And like this movie is brutal. I was like, yeah, this movie is brutal enough where they'd kill the T-Rex. When she was so old and she obviously was like the weaker species. She was, well, what did you say? Like she could win because she's an actual dinosaur. But at the same time, she could also lose because she's not a. She's not this hyper. Yeah. Roided out. Yeah. Like genetically. But then was it blue that. Blue saves the day. 
And was the only surviving raptor. raptor. Yeah. The mutual respect between the T-Rex and the raptor. Yeah, the little nod at the end. Uh, but the T-Rex, she um, does a great technique, almost like a WWE technique, uh, and goes low. Low man, yeah, always, low man wins. Uh, low dinosaur wins mm. is the key. Yeah. And That's then, what my offensive line coach yeah. used to yes. teach me. <laughs> and then you, he pushes the Indominus Rex into the water, and there's always a bigger fish, to quote Qui-Gon Jinn. And our mm-hmm. heroes win. There's mutual respect for Blue and the old girl uh, dinosaur. And then our family is reunited uh, at the hangar. Um this series, you could say, more than science, more than human versus nature, more than discovery, more than adventure, this this series is about bringing broken families together, Mike, I think. That's because we don't know what happens after this, but it definitely is another family coming together at the end. Um, No. We got yeah, no confirmation of that. I, he was still crying. I like I didn't see them. I have an together. issue with how the parents got there. Yeah. Okay. I did, did wonder why they were like. How under, did they get there? What, what customs authority is allowing these parents to fly into yeah. Costa Rica? I feel like it's a it's a state emergency, and I feel like. Well, you I, fly the kids out. Well, I feel like the the hangar was maybe at a third, like at on the mainland of Costa Rica. We're presuming. Yeah, well, yeah, I buy I buy that. It's not on the island, but um, how did the parents get there? Well, they probably flew down. No. No, I, I like. No, I don't buy it. You know what happened? We know this. They just probably cut out of the movie. The Navy is always on call for oh, anything yeah. to do with. Yeah, the Jurassic Navy Park. is actually just biding they, their time, they're, waiting they're for dinosaurs. They've been training for this, so the Navy immediately was able to ship. They all had. The they they down actually. It was to uh, Costa Rica. Uh, Owen Grady was a was a double agent. Oh yeah, that's why he he you know, he had the connections. Did we see like a big final scene with Owen and the gal? Like they kind of like walked off into the. Well, they say say something about about uh, we gotta stick together so we don't become instinct. Uh, That's not a good motivation, but I suppose we know they ended up together. Yeah, that was not the best closing line of Jurassic Park, especially if you look at the other movies that had some pretty powerful Mm. closing lines about science and man and discovery and that that uh, just very forced line, but. The final shot is awesome Epic. because yeah. the old girl T-Rex, um, some would say she probably jumped or shimmied her way onto the Nobody platform. said that, Luke. And here's why. Okay. It's a helipad. Okay. There's a, there's a, at the very least, there's a, there, there's, there's terrain that leads up to that. Okay. Cause, pe- cause people have floating. to walk up there. Okay. It's not floating. There's not a 50 foot drop off. The T-Rex shimmy needs to die. It's it, not it a real die. thing. It is a thing. And I've had multiple Luke, things. Luke, we multiple have, people have had one other person I've had, named I've had, Luke. I've had three people agree with me. We saw a full aerial shot and it was up against the side of like a hill. There was no. It wasn't just standalone. Mm. Okay. Floating structure. It was up against a hillside. She could have come down from the top, come up from the sides. Mm -hmm. But that's nothing to say against the shimmy for the OG. Thank you, Shimmy. She doesn't even have arms. I mean, the shimmy. The shimmy is not a legitimate theory. She was injured. She doesn't have arms. It couldn't. Like it had to be accessible. She's not shimmying when her neck is half broken. Yeah. 
Okay, we're not talking about that in this movie. She just wandered up. I know. I look. Okay. She was you, seeking comfort. She's been there before. It was an easy track. Sorry, just the she shimmy noise. She looked epic, and it was an amazing it, shot. It was a great. And final what I shot. love is they somehow make you root mm-hmm. for this T-Rex other dinosaur. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole franchise has been like T-Rex. anti-T-Rex yeah. in some way, right? Not yeah. anti, but they've been you know the scary villain. And yeah, well, anti-human. It, it brings us back to the root of it all. Yeah. Tiger King. Nostalgic. <laughs> and who was the villain? Not the tiger. The human. The human. Yeah. The and human. I'm and and uh, you know what? For the whole, we talked about kind of the kind of the goofiness of this movie. I think the best part of this movie is they they waited a long time to bring the T Rex out, and yeah. I didn't expect it. Even rewatching it again, I was like, I totally forgot that they bring the T Rex yeah. out at the end that because was they just don't focus on a it. Very and that was clever choice. My favorite part of the movie. All right, let's wrap up with some final questions. Ladies, I asked you at the start to think about why do you think this Jurassic Park franchise is continuing to go, especially with this new iteration in Jurassic World? Mm-hmm. Why do you think it still matters or why do you think it still is connects with folks in the younger generation? I think I have yet to see another attempt at entering into the Jurassic world, into dinosaurs and doing Mm -hmm. it well. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of wonderment between us and dinosaurs. There's just this unknown and mystery and Mm. kind of a a fantastic nature to it. So I think just that genre itself and subject matter leads itself to wanting to be revisited and kind of lasting, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think there are just these epic qualities to the movies especially with the original and how that was carried out and some of the the others that this you root for the characters you root for the storylines i think this one was a little bit more jurassic world felt a little bit more like an action movie with dinosaurs compared to maybe some of the originals but i feel like that yeah that piece of the fantasy and just the epic those two together are kind of what I would say. Beautiful. Do I, do I have to say like that? <laughs> that was what else is there to say? That's such a good answer. The only thing I was thinking about was, well, can you repeat your question actually? Cause I want to, why do you sure. think like they're making a Jurassic world? They're yeah. making these, even though the franchise has been 20 years old, why does it still resonate today? To, to well, why are we talking about it? I mean, like we don't need more story necessarily. We could talk about the old one, but like there are people who love it. And would be willing to hear what the next creative idea is about it. I like Shannon's answer a lot better. But just as like another train of thought. Mm-hmm. You know, there's consumerism. Like you're interested and you're dedicated to the story. Yeah. You always want to know what happens next. Um, sometimes it's better if it's not actually told to you. Let us remember J.K. Rowling should have stopped. Oh, boy. Um, we don't. We this. didn't this, this could need be a whole another podcast. We didn't need more. We didn't. And you just let it let it end where it should naturally, and like it's important to know. So like Jurassic World people, listen. I don't know where that stopping point is. I'm not as invested in this, but this this was welcome and it was good and it was fine. But it's not the original, and I don't know how much longer does the story need to go on. Do we want to know what happens next? I guess we'll have to find out in the, in the next in the next movie. Yeah, I think to answer the question just briefly, I mean, obviously it makes money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well liked. There's a fan base towards it. It's not Star Wars, not Star Trek, or or even Marvel, right? But it, it makes money, 
and uh, people people find it fun. Uh, there's enough comedy. There's enough. There's enough kind of, you know, kids like it, adults like it. Mm-hmm. You know, right? There's something for everyone. And kind of hit the spot. They always feel like they have good heart, mm-hmm. especially the originals. And I think this one lost that a little bit, mm-hmm. but just because of how slasher it could be at times, but. There's such good heart to these movies. It makes me think of like a Star Wars where mm-hmm. there's just such a heart to that movie. You mm-hmm. care about the characters. There's this like buoyancy to it. Um, See, I, I just feel so different about really? it. Like, I don't, I. But I'm only thinking of like the first movie. I don't know oh, what the sequels. Okay. I think yeah. of the original Jurassic Park. That's what I think of because I'm just not. I like those characters. Yeah. But I feel like the, the longer it goes on, the more I, the more contempt I build for humanity. But. That's I mean, true. true. You that did might be use, true. You use the word loathe. Yeah, going on this journey, we have it, definitely you feel like it's like okay, yep, humans are bad. So, so Mike, do you feel like it should be over? Like I, so personally, I love Jurassic World. Um, when it came out, I thought it became my second favorite behind the original. Rewatching all of these now, I think it's my third favorite, um, with the first two original being being my favorite. But um, I do think it should end. When uh, I've seen the newest one, um, which it currently is uh, Fallen Kingdom, I didn't like it. We're gonna watch it and do a, do an episode on it. We'll do an episode on Dominion when it comes out, and I'll watch that one. I'll go to mm-hmm. the theater and buy a ticket. Yeah. Um, but I do think it should end with Jurassic mm-hmm. World. But I understand why they made another one because it grossed over a billion dollars. Right. Yeah. I, I, was, I have the numbers right here. And, and the, a lot of these newer movies is because there's a global fan base now. There's people in China. There's people all over the world that are, are paying money to see these movies. This had uh, just over $1.5 billion gross worldwide. Wow. Um, the original Jurassic Park, or Jurassic Park had over a billion, but this had more than the original. So... It's hard when you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. but it's funny because like we're talking about like should we make more of these? Should are they, are they going to be bigger? Is there more? It's like the conversation that they're having in the movie about the park is right. the yeah. same conversation well, we're it's having. It's just like uh, you when you think of it as a business, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I I don't think about it that way. I think about it as art, right? right. It's a movie. It's entertainment. But so I'm much more of the conservative and say, okay, don't ruin a good thing. Like yes. you're saying with Harry Potter. Less is sometimes more. Yeah. Stop when yeah. you're ahead. You can overcreate and kind of ruin. It's the it's, it's the issue with the Hobbit, mouth. right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So true. But it's funny because exactly. Jurassic Park, like it's none of those other franchises are focused centered around a corporation that is basically trying to do that. Like within the movie, this corporation's trying to bleed. Yeah, it's out. ironic. They're trying to bleed out of this idea of genetic sequencing to create dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, and we've like far surpassed the books right yeah the, the yeah the so like content. they like, went off script yeah. a long time ago yeah but it's just it's just interesting and that's why i think this whole franchise is interesting because it's almost meta in itself because of yeah. the idea like it's a not it's not about like chris pratt's character has been in every movie like it's not necessarily about the human do you characters. think chris pratt is part of what made it so popular i think the, they i think he was a a, a easy choice for a what that character was i think if you had a bad choice for that character it would it could have it would break it yeah. right I, and i think he was a a well chosen yeah he's he was a very hot 
like not hot in attractiveness. Sure. But also hot. In popular. But like, very popular. So hot right now. I didn't bring this up Guardians, earlier, but he, yeah. yeah, he just came off of Guardians. This is a role he never would have gotten if he didn't have Guardians. No. Not because of the success of Guardians, but uh, the, the physical transformation that he put himself through for Guardians. Hollywood is very difficult. Mm-hmm. If you're fat, they want you to stay fat. If you're buff, they want you to stay buff. And Chris Pratt has talked about this, and it was a challenge for him to to go through the physical transformation. I I believe the movie would have done the exact box office numbers if they would have re- replaced him with some other equal actor. Yeah. Like, it didn't, like I don't think Chris, Chris Pratt. Chris I don't think Chris or... Pratt's hot streak at the time there could had be, anything the, to do with. There it. could be a couple other Chris's that they could have put in. Well, there. I yeah. just think There's it's interesting Chris's. because when we saw the female lead, we all were like, "Do you guys are you familiar with her?" And none of us really knew who she was. She wasn't probably the reason why anyone would have watched if they weren't interested in Jurassic Park. Yeah. So if you're not interested in Jurassic Park and what's the new movie in the theater? Oh, Chris Pratt. It could have been Chris. There's many of many a Chris. Any Chris. But it could have been anybody. But I just mean like in current times, like are people still interested in the Jurassic Park story? Or is it like it's the new action movie and the new guy is in it and whatever i do think it's a combo right where there are people invested in jurassic park jurassic world it's nostalgic that they were making a new version especially this one and so that pulled a lot of audiences in and then i think the the choice of chris pratt wasn't key but having someone similar where they were a semi-well-known the other little pole they needed a likability right they needed someone with a name brand more so in that role than the Bryce Dallas yes. role. They because needed that you, Midwestern accent. Yeah. You the, need the that mi- Minnesota. Minnesota. Wow. Great thoughts, guys. I, I really appreciate it because I think, especially when you're dealing with a quote-unquote reboot or basically there's been 13 years since since the third Jurassic Park was made, it's a good conversation to have because it basically is a reboot even though it's not necessarily redoing the story. Um I think it's an interesting conversation when we look at the original movie. I think it just goes to show how well that movie was casted. Just to think about all those actors and what they've done since then. Yeah. And how well those performance. Not to say that anybody in this movie did not do it. I thought that all the actors were great. I thought a lot of the characters were, were great and funny and well written. But you just think about that, that first movie. Mm-hmm. It was amazing visually. Mm-hmm. But the performances of the characters have stood the test of time yeah i mean you i i didn't watch it with you guys but if i were to rewatch it recently i feel like you would still enjoy it you would still see the epic nature of the film you would still care about the characters it's not totally cheesy you know yeah just with its age all right we like to wrap up every episode with two questions what was your favorite dinosaur and what was your favorite human from from the movie from the movie yes so not not like who's your favorite human on earth Um, (laughs) well i was thinking favorite dinosaur in general but from the movie in the movie i just really loved grandma t-rex yeah i i loved her i wanted to give her a hug which i know would result in my own demise i don't know she seemed pretty cuddly she seemed like just with it she was ready to go to battle for her turf which i respect um, and she just came in in the right moment, and they d- handled that so beautifully. Um, I'll have to think of a favorite person. Odd, do you know? Dinosaur. I, I stole kind of the obvious one. No, so. it's it, it's true you did. Um, 
Like the rap, the raptors Blue. give you a soft spot because they they yeah. like feel like a human pet kind of. But I do have to say, like controversially, I can't remember this like made up species of the villainous dinosaurs. But like I do have sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. And when they first introduce her, and you're like, oh, this is an impressive like creature and all these things. And then yeah. when they, when Chris like when we were around that and listened, and he was explaining like you've raised this animal like very poorly. Yeah. You know, she's going to be acting this way. And you, I had like some sympathy for her and kind of like, it's probably also because I loathed that female director and you're, you're at like odds against them. But I did kind of like until she murdered Mm -hmm. everyone. And then like, that's hard to forgive. But you you can see why that dinosaur, it was, it's so... Yeah, I think when Chris was like, we need to bring in the big gun and shoot her down, I realized that that needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I guess then it would have to be the raptors. And then human character, it's just like, you know, there was not a lot there. Um, I guess Nick from New Girl, he mm-hmm. did no wrong. Lowry, yeah. I don't want to be annoying like... Yeah, Chris Pratt had a spray tan and got in shape, but he was not this amazing character. Um, I think, yeah, I think Nick was probably my favorite. I mean, he was the only one working at the end of the day. They were in crisis. Um, the entire, after what's the place that took over? The like... When InGen came and took In-Gen over. InGen came and took over, yet then they were not there. And oh, yeah, at the right. control room, he was alone in the control room at the end. Like, he was managing the entire yeah, I guess, park. I guess they kind of evacuated the park Yeah, they point. said they needed one person to stay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, and he he took care of everything and he saved the day. I mean, how many times? Larry, are you still there? Hey, where are you? I need you to open Paddock 9. Paddock 9? You kidding? Damn it, Larry, be a man and do something for once in your life. Why'd you have to make it personal? Yeah, that felt like... It was personal. It it was personal. It felt unnecessary. (laughs) Like, he also, like, went for the kiss with the co-worker, which we could say is, like, sexually, like, inappropriate, but also, like, he tried to be the quote-unquote man with that. You know, I don't know. I don't know his backstory, but um, he's, like, a good guy. Someone has to stay behind. Oh, no, I, I have a boyfriend. Yeah, I didn't know that you guys were, like, together together. We are. <laughs> oh, that's good. I just, you've never, like, you don't mention him, ever. No, I'm at work. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Okay. okay. You gonna be okay? Yeah. Okay, bye. Hmm. Yeah, if I'm being honest, he was the one I thought of too. And I, I, I'm That's trying okay. to sit here and rack through the different yeah. characters. But I think we kind of talked about this already, but there wasn't a ton of development of the individual yeah. characters. So there wasn't one that I was really rooting for. I think Chris Pratt's character was the more likable of the yeah. main characters. The kids were the kids weren't doing anything for me. Yeah, no, it was... the kids were kind of blank slates a bit. It might be the worst we might have to do a wrap up of like best worst, but the, it might be the worst kid. But the new one, the next, I'm excited to watch the next one because I think the next one has a pretty good kid we'll cast. We'll have to do. Um, I think the kid cast is better. We're, draft. we're both big fans of James Bonding. Yes. We should do a draft. I was actually going to talk to you about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so Shannon, 
Chris Pratt? Or are you just going to take... Oh, or do you want to do uh, Lowry? So you guys both I like think, Lowry. Yeah, I think I like Lowry the best, but I think Chris would have been the second. Yeah, he was good. But I, mean, I think was Lowry fine. was endearing, yep. and I I laughed at his scenes a lot. Yeah. I liked his little dinosaur figures, and that he just like was kind of geeky about Jurassic Park. He had the shirt. He had his weird little soda cup. Like, yeah. He was just kind of beloved in his sloppiness. Yeah. It's kind of like your husband's. All right, uh, Mike, <laughs> what, are your, what, are your, what are your thoughts? What was your favorite dinosaur? What was your favorite human? I think the first time I watched the movie in theaters, my favorite dinosaur was the T-Rex because I was like, yeah, get him. Yeah. Um, but the, so, so this is probably my favorite dinosaur. But um, to, add an, to add another dinosaur into the mix, I also kind of wished that there was more, and I don't know how they could have done this, but I wanted more on that dinosaur that was in the giant pool the the, the sea mm. dinosaur the water dinosaur yeah the water dinosaur yeah and i don't know it just seemed, kind of, seemed kind of cool um favorite human um Ooh, it's rough. <laughs> it is rough what do you ask that's why we asked that question folks i don't know who my favorite human is is alan grant in the movie um, uh no he's not uh, I almost said the guy with the margaritas. Mm. Yeah, he's oh, up there. He's up there. Yeah. Or or Man. or our um, our friend that I actually spotted think, the camouflage. I, I look. I I don't really love this character so much because I think there are some serious uh, moral dilemmas that this character um, contributed to, but. I don't know his name, so Luke, you're gonna have to help me out. The whoever the CEO, Mesrani, Mesrani, yeah, I I yeah, did he, like he, him. He was very charismatic. Um, I just kind of felt like he was uh, really hands on. He really loved his employees. He loved the park. He he wanted the best. Unfortunately, he had some really. He contributed to the problem. Yeah. Um, and I know that he didn't specifically engineer the dinosaur, yeah. but you know, there's a there's talk about you know how he basically asked for it so mm-hmm. all right mine i liked all the little baby dinosaurs that they and they like they showed the pterodactyls like attacking them which is another like really i didn't brutal. see that i don't know if you guys saw that. that it's very quick but it's like oh gosh they like, attack the babies yeah oh my gosh yeah it's it's bad there's nothing sacred yeah that's no, unforgivable no, it, it's rough uh i think my favorite I, two characters that I really like, uh, Barry, played by Omar Sy, who's Chris Pratt's assistant. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Partially because I realized that he's in Lupin. So I think I like rewatching it. I was excited to see him yeah. in something different. One of my favorite characters in this movie that they brought back was Dr. Henry Wu. I thought they could have scrapped with the security guy, Hoskins, just get rid of that character and made... Dr. Wu, the more the, the villain. Yeah. Because he is someone you could flesh out the story. He has this trauma of the... He's the only one with the trauma of the first part that yeah. is there. And, and they where, don't, did, you, you, and they, where they, did he go and what was his like little... He said, you owe me or we had a deal. Yeah, I think they're trying to... They're, that's trying to set up sequels, basically. But I okay. think... I wish they would have had a little bit more on him and because he was really the one... Like, it would have been cool to see him more of a traumatic character. Like, yeah. he's dedicated to the research. More of how he is fleshed out in the book. Um, but I still love him as a character, and I'm glad they brought him back. Because um, I think it makes sense. Because if, if you were going to restart the whole program, you would bring him back. Because he, he basically invented it. He is by far 
in the entire franchise, one of the most interesting characters. Yeah. From books and and movies. You if you read the books, if you watch the movies, if you're a fan of the franchise, Doctor um, Doctor uh, B D Wong is the actor, but who's the oh, Henry Wu. Hen, Doctor Wu is one of the most enthralling characters. Yeah, very very unique characters. I also like Vivian, who is the other tech person. I yeah. thought she was she was a good character. She's cute. Well, thank you, ladies, for going on this journey um, into this world that we have experienced today. Uh, up next is Fallen Kingdom. I'm concerned. Are you worried about the fall after this movie? Uh, it's just... I don't know. I, I just have so many issues with that movie. Well, we can, we'll do it together. Mike. Okay, all right. As long as we do it together. <laughs> we'll, do it, we'll, we'll do it together. I'm glad you guys at least have each other. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not going to be there. Okay. But. Well, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I have to say I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And, um. Is that like. Thank you. You had, you had literal no expectation of enjoyment and you happen to enjoy it just a little bit it's two things i didn't really know that this was gonna happen and then when i found out i was like why and then it was oh this is fun so it was three things yeah yeah it was a good turn of events sounds like people probably when they figured out there was they were making a jurassic world movie and and like how they processed it Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's always fun sharing other people's passions and interests And just diving into the minds of you guys and your world. It's really nice. It's inspirational. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean, what's not to love? It's about movies, dinosaurs. I always thought dinosaurs were cool. Yeah. So, like, it's just a a slam dunk getting to hang out. Yeah. We ate a Caesar salad. That was a highlight for me. It was a great We didn't really discuss that. All right. I think it's relevant. Well, thank you so much for for joining, and thank you, listeners, for listening. We'll see you next time for Fallen Kingdom. Ooh. Ooh. So you two, um, big up, big up, dinosaurs.